I'm Kay Cornish, editor of My VIP, the customer magazine for Pets at Home, and I'd like to welcome you to the Pets at Home Kitten podcast. The idea with this series of podcast episodes is to take you through everything you need to know from planning for a kitten all the way through to their first adult years, really, where we're going to cover everything from what you should do to kitten-proof your home, what to feed them, how to play with them, how to understand them. And to do this, I will be joined by many expert guests. And with their advice and support, we are hoping to help you and your new pet have a wonderful time together. So hope you enjoy them. Let's crack on. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Pets at Home Kitten Podcast. Joining me again is Head of Pets at Pets at Home and Qualified Vet, Carleen Herman. Hello. Hi. Right, this time, Carleen, we're going to be talking about all the all the pleasantries and the, the nasty little parasites of uh, fleas, ticks and worms, all the gruesome, interesting stuff. I could talk about this sort of stuff all day, but uh, we've only got about 30 to 40 minutes. So we're just going to explore why all kittens are vulnerable to parasites, fleas, the different types of worms, um, how kittens catch these things, how to protect them, and uh, keeping parasites at bay. So let's start with fleas, Carleen. Um, Back to basics, the very basics. What are fleas? Well, I think everyone will have heard of of fleas, especially if you do have pets, um, because fleas are are probably the most common skin parasite of cats. Um, So there are loads of different types of fleas, um, but the one that affects actually both our cats and dogs, generally fleas are quite species specific, but um, the flea that affects both cats and dogs is the cat flea. So it's the cats that are the culprit for your dog fleas as well. I never knew that. So although they need different treatments, it's actually the same flea. It is usually the, the same flea species, yeah. And obviously that flea can also bite us as well. Yes. Um, so um, it's not unusual when, when one of your pets does have fleas that, that you might get bitten as the owner as well. But the fleas don't tend to, um, you know, if they feed, if they bite us and feed from us, it doesn't help their life cycle. So we're, we're not a host to search for them. Okay, so if they, they, they jump species from cat and dog, but they, they can't, they don't jump like rabbit, guinea pig, it's just cat and f- cats. Cat fleas yeah, goes on dogs as well. Cats and dogs, yeah, they can't reproduce by just living on people. What about what about the old myth of dogs catching fleas from hedgehogs? It depends which which fleas the hedgehog has. So there are some that will jump between species, but no, it's it's usually the cat flea. So in terms of you know fleas, it's actually only the adults that live on your kitten or your cat, and then those adults will bite uh, the kitten to get some blood, which will help them to produce eggs. They produce eggs at a phenomenal rate. So you're you're looking at about 50 a day. And obviously you can have a lot of fleas on one on one cat or a kitten, yeah. but all the rest of the flea life cycle actually happens in your house. So the eggs will fall off um, the kitten, hatch into larvae. Those then change into another stage, which we call um, pupae, um, which is almost like a cocoon, um, mm-hmm. which is really hard to, to get rid of. And then when the conditions are right, the the cocoon stage then um, grows into an adult. Generally, that happens, obviously, when the temperature humidity is right, but also when there's a presence of a dog or a cat for the adult to then jump on. And and that's how the life cycle continues. How how do they know? How do they know the presence of a cat? Is it it like a hormone or a smell or chemical? It's really clever. They can sense things like heat, carbon dioxide from, you know, breathing out and vibrations as well. So you might have heard of people who bought a house 
you know, clean house, gone in, um, but maybe had carpets, could have had that, that these three stages in there. Mm. And they come in, put the central heating on, people start walking about, maybe they have pets, suddenly they get fleas. It's because the, they will have let, let dormant in there for, you know, they can, they can stay in that dormant stage for up to two years. That is fascinating. Two years, that is a long time. I mean, thank God that these things are actually minute. Can you imagine if like, we were the hosts? <laughs> That'd be terrifying. <laughs> Gross. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so yes, you're saying in the right conditions, the whole cycle can be completed as quickly as two weeks? Yeah, that's right, which is very quick. If you think about, you know, even if you have only 100 fleas on your kitten, lay 50 eggs a day, Within two weeks, all those 50 eggs might be adults as well. And, oh and so, so it goes then, on. Yeah, taking the cycle on and on and on. Wow. So traditionally, March to September is thought of as flea season, isn't it? So what, what are the signs of fleas in a kitten? Well, when we think of fleas, we think of, you know, itchy skin. And obviously, when we get itchy, we scratch. But actually... It's quite rare to see cats scratch excessively. So, um, and even even dogs, uh, maybe if they have ear problems, they scratch. But generally, the way they deal with itch is by by licking and grooming um, and nibbling. So they use their mouth to to ease the itch, really, rather than than their their claws. Um, so, um, and and with cats grooming themselves or kittens grooming themselves quite a lot anyway it can be quite hard to see any any increase in that behavior really um so what you're looking for is any skin changes um because obviously over grooming can lead to hair loss um also some sometimes fleas can trigger quite an allergic reaction so then you might see red skin or little crusts or you know just red sore painful moist skin is, is, is quite common and you can also well you can try and look for the fleas they are visible with the naked eye but they are quite quick or the the flea dirt they leave behind so yeah so obviously like you say they're they're, they're remarkably quick at moving and uh, you can't catch them physically I mean god I've, I've tried catching they're just phenomenally speedy so what's the best way to check for fleas in your cat or kitten so I, I would um, generally try and look for the flea dirt, so which, which are the flea droppings rather than the actual fleas. So if you use like a fine tooth comb, um, a flea comb, you can get actual flea combs, yeah, yeah. Um, and um, and brush your your kitten all over. Or um, I often concentrate on the the sort of base of the tail area, sort of by the hips and the base of the tail, because that's often where where you find um, flea dirt. So when you've run your comb through, either you know the entire kitten or 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 base of the tail, have a look at what's left on the comb. There'll be some hair there and probably a little bit of dirt, which could just be, um, you know, sand from outside, you know, dirt or dust. Um, But if you put that on some damp um, kitchen towel or, or, you know, paper towel, toilet roll, Mm -hmm. then if it is flea dirt, um, what will happen is those little black specks will probably um, dissolve and start looking sort of reddish brown. Whereas if you're just treating with normal dirt, I guess, or, or, or sand, um, it won't change from, from the water, um, from the moisture. So that's a good test to do. Obviously, if you don't find anything, that doesn't exclude fleas. So it could still be fleas. Yes. And I suspect fleas. Just um, check what you vet. Okay. I was going to say, I was going to ask a stupid question of why does it turn red? It's because it's flea poo and, and, and fleas live on blood. So, yeah, that's why it's red. <laughs> it's digested blood. I oh, know it's not a very nice thought, is it? 
gruesome, but uh, it, it is interesting. It might be just me, but I just found this stuff really interesting. <laughs> Um, but yeah, like you said as well, like flea dirt, uh, flea poo might also be found where your cat sleeps. So I guess it's, what, what, do they fall off? So would you check the blanket or just do a bit of a wipe if with the blanket? With the if you've got, if you've got a heavy infestation, I mean, I would say flea dirt, it can be quite rare to find as well, again, because cats are so good at grooming themselves. Yeah, they are. Remove all traces um, of, of anything. So yeah, it can be quite tricky to find, but always a good test to do. Right, so flea allergies. What are the symptoms of a flea allergy in a kitten? How what happens to the poor little things? It's actually quite rare to see in really young kittens flea allergies because obviously in order to become allergic to something, you need to be exposed to it for a yeah. while. Yeah, yeah. Well, you need to mount a reaction. But um flea allergies are really, really common. So it's basically um the kitten or cat being allergic to the flea saliva. So mm. when they bitten it causes a really severe skin reaction um so you'll see sort of red raw skin hair loss um you know it, the skin might even be thickened or oozing or crusty or lots of small scabs um so it's usually around the neck or or the base of the tail so you know if you see that on your cat um they they will probably need veterinary treatment um because possibly there'll be secondary skin infection that needs treating but also just provide um, your cat with some relief from the itch because it'll be even more intense than when they just have fleas and are not allergic. Wow. So if you think about the minute amounts of saliva that are going into the skin, the, the, the powerful reaction it has, that's some potent stuff, isn't it? Yeah. God. Oh, it's, it's, it's making me itch. Um, so how do, you, how do you go about treating fleas in kittens? So obviously we've just talked about flea allergic um, dermatitis or flea allergies. So, mm -hmm. so they will need um, vet treatment. Um, but part of that treatment will be um, obviously making sure that your cat is covered all year round against fleas. Mm -hmm. um, but also if your cat has fleas, um, you know, it's not enough just to treat your cat, you also, or your kitten, you also need to treat all the other pets in the household as well as, as your house. Yeah, as I say, as well as the house, as the bedding, as the flooring, yeah. everything. Yeah, as we've discussed, obviously, um, it's only the adults, which is only part of the flea population that will, will live on your cat. Um, so really, really important um, to, yeah, to treat everywhere, really. Um, even if your kitten hasn't, you know, hasn't got fleas, really important to just start routine preventative treatment. Um, yeah. But obviously, I think sometimes, you know, um, your pet having fleas can be a bit embarrassing. People seem to be a bit embarrassed about it, almost as if it implies their their house isn't clean um, or anything like that. But it really isn't something to be embarrassed about. Um, you know, fleas can occur in the in the cleanest of homes. Um, it's just something that cats are really prone to. Yeah, I was going to say, like we were discussing the other day, it is, it's like you can have the most spotless house and the most healthy, clean pet, but it makes absolutely no difference. It's, you know, they're not, they're not, fleas aren't biased. Fleas, fleas love clean and dirty. Yeah, it's just, you know, part of owning a kitten or a cat is, um, you know, regular flea treatment, especially if they go outside, obviously. So flea prevention, obviously um, the monthly treatment, but how do you go about what products are out there to um, help the fight against fleas? Well, there, are, there are loads of products out there and it's interesting to say monthly treatment because actually there are some products out there as well that need to be given less frequently. Oh, right. Um, there are some that last um, three months and there's one type of collar as well um, that can last, you know, up to, I believe it's six to eight months. So generally collars aren't very effective, um, but there is one particular 
Sugar Collar, which is um, an SQP product. So it can only be obtained from your vet or from specifically trained colleagues in, in pets at home stores. But there are there are loads of different um, products out there. So, you know, there's anything from shampoo, sprays, foams, powders, injections, tablets, spot ons, which a lot of people will be will be familiar with that yeah. are provided between the shoulder blades. Um, so finding the right product for your cat is important. Things like shampoos and powders are readily available, but they don't have any long lasting effects. So um, we generally recommend things like spot ons tablets or um, sort of a long lasting collar, which, um, you know, if you speak to one of our store colleagues or your vet, they'll be able to advise you on the best type for your cat. OK, and um, I'm assuming that there is such thing as overkill. So don't go using spray, a foam, a powder, a tablet and a shampoo all at the same time. Absolutely. One yeah. at a time. Just one. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so yeah, don't don't go don't go um filling up your basket of pets at home with that all of them because one will do. Okay, and so make make sure you never ever apply accidentally apply a dog product on a on a cat or kitten because they are species specific and some drugs that are used in dog flea products can actually be fatal to cats. Good good advice there. So removing fleas from the environment, is it best to use a flea product or is there other bits and pieces you can use? There are sprays available um, to get rid of fleas in your carpets and, and furnishings. Um, you can also help by, you know, frequent hoovering. It can help reduce the load, but you'll probably still need some kind of chemical um, to get rid of sort of the eggs, the larvae and the and those pupa stages we we talked about. So obviously those products are specific for the environment. So we said don't apply dog products on cats, but also yeah. never apply an environmental product onto an animal. Oh gosh, um, no. dog or a cat. And um, again, you can ask in our stores or or ask your vet for for a, a suitable product. Try and and get rid of as much stuff as you can in terms of pet bedding. If they're old, um, then it's easier maybe to just get rid of it. Or anything you can wash at a high temperature um, will help as well. All right. I was going to say, does does washing bedding and blankets and things at a high temperature in the washing machine, does that get kill fleas? Yeah, but obviously you can't really wash everything on on 60 or even 90 Uh, degrees. So be a bit limited. And obviously don't forget to treat um, the cat carrier and your car as well. Cool. So anywhere where your cat sleeps, kitten sleeps, goes for trips in, <laughs> hangs out everywhere, absolutely everywhere. I read somewhere, you you can put me right on this, but um, when you're spraying chemicals around, not just flea, but any any kind of chemical, I guess if you've got a fish tank, it, will that sort of affect? Yeah. So, you know, read the instructions of, of the environmental spray, but generally it will say to keep um, people and pets out of the room just, you know, for a while after you've sprayed. Um, obviously, fish tanks are harder to um, to remove, but yeah, some of these products can be really toxic to fish. So read the instructions carefully um, on what you have to do if you have um, a fish tank in the room that you're treating. Okay, that's yeah, more wise words there. I mean, there, there's so many things that you probably wouldn't even just, just not first knowledge as is. I mean, you're a qualified vet, you know all this stuff. So yeah, this is really such useful um, advice. So how can you stop a reinfestation? Is it possible? Well, what what I would say is if you have a kitten, um, just start um, 
you know, applying preventative treatment or, or whether it's a tablet or a spot on or whatever form it is, um, start treating them as soon as you get them after that first visit to the vet or, or um, check with our colleagues in store. But just make sure they're covered all year round and then hopefully you'll never have to deal with an infestation because infant infestations can take months um, to resolve. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just easier to treat them preventatively all year round and not have to deal with that. And it takes months because, like we said about the life cycle of a flea, they just keep reproducing and reproducing every two weeks and it's just an accumulative nightmare. Okay, so if all the cats, you're going to treat all the cats in your household as well as any dogs or what what about house rabbits? Can they be affected? Yeah, so house rabbits can get fleas. Um, We wouldn't generally recommend preventative treatment for them, but if you do have a flea infestation in your house, um, check with your vet, but they might need treatment as well. But unlike cats and dogs, we they don't need um, flea treatment all year round. Okay, so apart from obviously you mentioned um, the, the the pain and the annoyance and the itchy skin and and it's just a horrible tedious thing to have to go through. But what what are the sort of you know the the nasties that could happen if if you don't control fleas? Yeah, so obviously flea allergies are are a big one and it can be quite costly to control. Um, and, and once a cat is allergic to fleas, it's, they're quite likely to have flare-ups as well. So you have to mm. treat time. Um, but also um, fleas can carry tapeworm. Um, so when your cat or kitten grooms um, fleas off their, their coat, they can then accidentally ingest tapeworm. Obviously, adult fleas feed on cats or kittens' blood. Um, especially in kittens, because they're so much smaller, it can cause anemia. Um, so they can, you know, if you have a really heavy infestation, they can lose so much blood that it can um, cause threatening anemia. Fleas can also transmit other um, diseases, infectious agents. We've talked about tapeworm, but there are other things as well. But then, you know, and also what, what we've said before is, you know, it's much harder to treat once they're there. So just prevent them in the first place. OK, let's talk about worms then. Worms can be quite serious in kittens, I assume. Yeah, especially if they have um, what we would call a heavy burden. Um, so there are, you know, there are quite a lot of different worms out there, but the two big groups that we see in, in cats and kittens are tapeworms and roundworms. And both of those worms live in, in the gut. Um, so they feed on gut content. If we start with tapeworm, um, so tapeworm is called tapeworm because they're flat tape-like worms and um, often looks like lots of little segments sort of stuck mm. together. And, and they can occur in, in all, you know, most animals um, will get some kind of, of, of tapeworm, um, obviously including, including the cat. Um, and because they're segmented worms, those segments then break off and they pass out in the poo. And sometimes you can actually see them around your cat's or kitten's bottom or, or even in the poo. They look like little grains of rice and, and they can, um, you can sometimes see them move. It's um, not very pleasant. <laughs> I'm going to actually say something really unpleasant, but it's, you know, joking aside, it, it, it was disgusting, but it was quite important. When we used to go on holiday, there was a little stray cat, and every time we were there, she'd have a litter of kittens with her. Um, she was just a farm cat. Nobody actually owned her, I don't think, but she was so beautiful, and the kittens were so lovely, and we always used to try and take care of them and feed them as much as possible when we were there for, like, three weeks that we were there. But I used to see these tiny little worms poking out of, of her bottom, and um, and then they sort of pop out, and then they pop back in again. So I did take her to the local vet and, and give her a worming tablet, and... Um, the vet said, yeah, that's great. I said, oh, we're doing the right thing. Am I interfering? Went, no, 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 that's good. It's good. But you can actually see them poking out of their bottom, can't you? They, 
Those might have been roundworms, actually. Oh, okay. We're coming on to those. Oh, we're gosh. coming on to the roundworms. Okay, let, let's stick. Let's stick to. Um, let's stick to going back to the breaking off segments of tapeworm. Then, sorry. Well, in, in terms of tapeworms, um, you might wonder how how your kitten gets them. Yeah. You know, there are different types of tapeworm. Um, one type of tapeworm, um, they can get through fleas, as we've touched on earlier. So any cat with fleas, you have to assume they've got tapeworm and and, and, and vice versa. So that's why the two treatments kind of go hand in hand. But they can also pick it up by um, hunting. So some rodents, um, birds might carry, carry tapeworm. And tapeworms are not you know, I'm not usually that harmful, except when there's obviously heavy infestations because um, they can cause weight loss then or even blockages. Um, oh. And and because kittens are smaller, um, they tend to be more susceptible to suffer from it. So it so it is important to treat them. Yes, it's always very very important just to keep an eye out and and also just use regular worming treatment as advised by your vet because it is very important. Just don't don't skip. Your worming medications. Um, okay, let's uh, let's talk about horrible roundworms now. Yeah, so roundworms are probably the most common parasite we find in in a, in a kitten or cat's intestines. So they look like sort of thin white worms. Um, you know, vets might refer to them as you know almost looking like spaghetti, which is not a nice analogy. So apologies if that's what you're having for dinner tonight. <laughs> and I think that that's the thing that I saw coming out of my holiday cat's bottom. It probably was because they can grow quite long. They can yeah. grow up to like sort of 10 centimetres. Oh, blimey, that is long. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, usually the entire worms don't get past. It is the eggs, yeah. um, which you can't see. Unlike the tapeworm segments, um, you can't see the, the roundworm eggs. But those eggs can stay in the environment for years. And again, you know, a bit like we've covered before, a lot of parasites have similar life cycles. You know, the eggs then lie there until they're eaten by rodents. And then cats can either pick up the eggs directly from the environment. You know, some cats eat grass, um, yeah. so they, they might pick it up that way um, or by hunting small, small rodents. But also, um, and this is particularly relevant to kittens, I guess, roundworms can pass through the milk from the mother to her kittens. Of course, yeah. So that, that's really common. So that's why, again, it's so important to get your kitten treated for, for roundworms, whether there's any signs or not. Okay, so I've got to ask a question, Carleen. Um, can humans be infected by these nasty worms? Yeah, so those worms, I mean, it's not very nice to, to mention, but quite important. Um, while those worms wouldn't naturally choose us as their, their host, um, we can get infected accidentally, um, either by ingesting the eggs or, or eating undercooked meat um, that contains um, the larvae. Gross. And roundworms, um, because we're not the host they're meant to be in, um, you know, some weird stuff can happen, like they can migrate to 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 our eyes or even our brain, which obviously is really serious. Um, good so One good reason, again, to worm your cat or a kitten. Oh, my word. Again, That's something that probably wouldn't even think of when thinking about worming a kitten. It could end up in your eye or your brain, people. Oh, that's that's grim. Um, okay, so uh, right, let's crack on. Um, now I know that fact. How can worms be treated and prevented, please? 
So just like with, with flea treatments, um, there are loads of different treatments for worms, um, for kittens and, and cats. Some will do both roundworm and tapeworm, others might only be effective uh, against one or the other. So, um, you know, your vet will be able to, to, to advise. Um, as I said before, it might depend on what they've had before. It depends on their weight as to what which one they can get. But generally, it's recommended kittens are worn monthly until they're about six months of age. And then um, obviously frequency reduces depending on your cat's lifestyle. But even indoor cats, um, the recommendation is to, to worm them once or twice a year. And obviously their weight is really important, particularly in kittens, to make sure that the correct dosage is, is, is given. Okay, so to round up on worms, it's obviously very important to control worms. They can probably quite rarely, but can cause some very nasty things in, in your pets and, and yourself by the sounds of it. So yeah, just to just to round up, what why is it so important to control worms, Colleen? Yeah, we've we've covered obviously that tapeworms, you know, don't don't often cause um, disease in kittens or cats, but heavy burdens of roundworms probably are a bit more significant and, and can cause things like weight loss, vomiting, diarrhea, and, and sort of general failure to thrive or, or grow. Obviously, we've also discussed that worms can occasionally infect humans. You know, don't don't worry about cleaning out your, your kitten's litter tray, um, providing it's emptied and cleaned, you know, daily. There, there is no risk from fresh fresh poos. Yeah. Um, tapeworm infection of humans is, is not that common. The can occur. Often it's children, obviously, because they're not as good as washing their hands and maybe we'll, you know, try and eat stuff outside that, that <laughs> yeah. so just make sure you, you, um, worm your, your kitten and cat regularly. And obviously don't forget about the flea treatment as well, because there is that link with, with worms. So while obviously we don't want to scare monger, yeah. you know, common principles apply, practice good hygiene, always wash your hands after handling pets before you eat food, be extra wary um, if you have children, young children, um, and teach them good personal hygiene. You know, obviously the eggs of these worms can be outside, so wear gloves when gardening, always wash raw fruit and vegetables um, before eating, and, you know, where possible, um, prevent your pet from, from, your kitten or cat from getting worms in the first place. So yeah. make sure you treat regularly as advised by your vet. Okay, so pretty much general common sense hygiene principles there. So as, as long as you're just clean and hygienic, it shouldn't be an issue. So we've covered the big ones of worms and fleas. Are there any, are there any other types of pesky parasite that prey on our kittens? So there, there are other parasites out there. Um, a lot of people will probably think about ticks. They're actually yeah. quite rare in, in kittens because they shouldn't be outside and ticks tend to get picked up um, outside. Mm. They're most commonly found sort of in long grass or woodland, um, and it can be quite geographical, sort of, um, you know, localised as to where there are pockets um, of ticks. And, you know, while a, a, a tick that hasn't fed is only about the size of a pinhead, um, once it attaches to to your kitten or cat, it will, it will gorge itself on blood and, and grow a lot bigger, so then they are often visible. Mm. While it's not necessarily you know, the feeding on the blood that causes the issues. The, the main issue it takes in both cats and dogs actually is um, that they can transmit quite a lot of diseases. 
Um, so if you live in a high tick area, again, something your vet can advise on, um, you know, just make sure that your your um, parasite treatment includes um, tick cover as well. Is it ticks that spread Lyme's disease? Yeah, ticks can carry the bacteria that causes Lyme disease, um, Lyme, yeah, sorry. But, but lots of other lots of other diseases as well. Um, so Lyme disease is quite rare, um, especially in cats. Um, obviously, people can get it as well. Okay, so other than ticks, is, is there anything else we should be looking for or anything that we can actually see with our eyes? I mean, other other parasites out there are obviously your lice and your mites. Um, lice are quite rare um, in, in kittens or cats. In terms of mites, there are quite a few different mites. So, you know, you might have heard of, of mange, um, yeah. which is something foxes get and, and, and um, dogs can occasionally get. Actually quite, quite, I think he got it off a fox, actually. Probably, um, but mange is, is quite rare in cats. What we do occasionally see are, are ear mites. Um, so obviously, just as it says, they're mites that live in the ears. So they're really intensely irritating and itchy, as you can imagine, if you had something crawling inside your ears. Yeah. And, and often you can see it because the kittens or cats will have lots and lots of like really dark wax and crusts and things. Mm. Some Some kittens or cats you know, don't have any signs at all apart from that waxiness, but others, um, you will see them scratch um, and shake their heads a lot. Okay, so what are you looking for? If you're if you're going to do a routine check of your cat's ears, it would be that brownie, waxy stuff. That's excessive not normal. Excessive wax. Yeah, yeah, excessive wax. So, and there are various treatments available for that. So, so always um, check with your with your vet. Another mite we occasionally see is the harvest mite. Well, that sounds quite cute. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure it's not. <laughs> so it's 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 quite a seasonal seasonal parasite, but it can cause um, sort of reddening of the skin and and crusted areas. So it, we tend to see it where there's only a thin covering of hair, like around the ears or on the ears and and the face. So again, there there are some products out there that will that will treat it. You know, any skin issues or abnormalities, um, make sure. To, to get it checked by a vet. Okay. Is that it? Have we, have we covered off all these horrible parasites now? Well, I guess we could also include for completion the possibly one of the most horrible ones of all. And and, and I guess, um, well, luckily quite rare in cats, um, especially kittens, but maggots. Um, no. Which is something we, we talk about a lot in rabbits. Yeah. And fly strike. Fly, we fly call strike, it. yeah. Yeah. So, so these are basically uh, blowflies or, or blue bottles laying eggs on on a on a cat or kitten. But generally, they, they get attracted to like open wounds or soiled skin, which we we shouldn't normally see um, mm. in a kitten. But you know, you might have an elderly cat that's incontinent mm. and that's, like scalded skin around its back legs or something. Or if you get a cat that gets lost or injured and has yeah. a wound that's not healing and, and they can't get home for whatever reason, then you can get it. And obviously these flies lay their eggs and then it develops into, into maggots. And it's it's horrible because they will just chomp through the cat's um, flesh. So it's, it's pretty horrible. Something to mention for completion, but I can't say I've ever seen it in a kitten, luckily. Well, so. well a few, because that just, just sounds like a horror show. Gosh. Okay, so that's the horrible nastiness that is parasites all tied up. And again, you know, 
can't express enough how important it is to use regular flea and worm treatments. So thanks again for listening to this episode of the Pets at Home Kitten Podcast. Um, I hope it didn't scare you too much with these horrible horror stories of nasty parasites. But, you know, it's really important knowledge that you need to have to keep your kitten well and healthy. And if you have anything in particular that you'd like us to talk about on these podcasts, or if you want to simply let us know how we're doing, uh, if you're enjoying them, please do get in touch at kittenpodcast at petsathome.co.uk. That's the email address, kittenpodcast at petsathome.co.uk. And you can also find us via at petsathomeuk on Instagram and on Twitter, our tag is at pets at home um, more info on how you can join the kitten club which supports you and your kitten with expert advice and exclusive offers throughout their first year all the information can be found on our website petsathome.com okay that's the nasties tied up um, join us next time for all things kitten thanks Carleen thank you bye bye